I speak to you in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. How fickle we humans are. Though we are called to steadfastness, to faithfulness, it can be so hard to control our wills and our minds. Our tastes change, our opinions change, even our loyalties change. Sometimes we change our minds for good reason. New information comes our way or we get to know someone who differs from us in background or opinion. Sometimes though, we are just fickle, changing our opinion because it now costs us. Witness any time politicians change their stance on an issue. The side that agrees claims the politician has evolved, maturing with new knowledge and understanding. The side that disagrees calls it flip-flopping. We mere citizens change our minds regularly too. This is nothing new, of course. Just last week, we saw Peter triumphant, confident in his faith when Jesus asks, but who do you say that I am? Peter proclaims, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. For this, Jesus praises him, telling Peter that upon him, Jesus will build his church. In the very next sentence in the gospel, Jesus explains that he must go to Jerusalem, undergo great suffering and be killed. Fickle Peter immediately recoils, rebuking Jesus. God forbid it, Lord, this must never happen to you, he says. Who can blame him? Who wouldn't rather follow the Jesus who heals and teaches, draws crowds, feeds people, who is, it seems after all, Messiah? But why would anyone want to follow a guy who's going to suffer, be shamed as a criminal, be killed? And we know that most people, not just Peter, move further away from Jesus the closer he gets to the cross and to suffering. The apostles fall asleep during Jesus's prayers of pleading in the garden. Peter denies Jesus after he's arrested and at trial. And other than a few women and the beloved disciple all fall away as Jesus walks the way of the cross and then suffers and dies upon it. The crowds, the disciples, Peter, follow Jesus, call him Messiah when he teaches and feeds and heals. But when he points towards suffering, the mood shifts. And this capriciousness of the crowds, even of true believers, is not unique to Peter and Jesus's time. No, we humans now are fickle. Two, we support an idea, a movement, a person until the tide of opinion changes, sometimes for good reason, but often because something has gotten hard, makes us uncomfortable. 
means we'll have to feel deeply, perhaps even suffer. We certainly have evidence of this in our own lives right now. We began this pandemic promising we're in this together, applauding healthcare workers and thanking grocery store cashiers. But after two months of solidarity, our minds changed. Armed protesters mobbed state capitals. Customers yelled at grocery store workers, asking them to wear masks. And we all clamored to get back to normal. What changed? We were united until we weren't. We were united until we suffered. And now it's happening with our other epidemic. At the beginning of the summer, a surprising majority of Americans supported Black Lives Matter. Though most white people criticized BLM six years ago when it arose after the murders of Trayvon Martin and Mike Brown, since then we've witnessed so much violence against Black people, not new, just filmed, that most white people supported, even joined the protests that arose earlier this summer after police killed George Floyd, seeing the need to express all that anger and grief. But the protests didn't stop with just expressing anger and grief. Rather, there have been concrete demands for change, reform the police, invest in black and brown communities, examine all our institutions for how they privilege some, disenfranchise others. White people are learning that we don't get to be at the center of the story all alone anymore. And we who are white have started to suffer. We saw and felt the pain of the black community. And we realized that somehow that suffering had something to do with us. Well, we're starting to change our minds again our fickle hearts turning away from suffering. During PBS NewsHour on Wednesday, I learned this. A recent poll of Wisconsin voters found that support of Black Lives Matter protests dropped from 61% in June to 48% in August. All the change came from white people. We can argue about the cause. Some will say it's because there's been some violence at protests though a little research reveals this is much lower than the media portrays and often instigated by outsiders. Though violence might be a factor, I would argue that the real reason white people are changing their minds is because this hurts. We humans want people to express grief and anger and move on. We instinctively move away from those in pain. We certainly don't want to share in it. We prefer a stiff upper lip. We prefer when good triumphs and swiftly. It's devilishly hard to remain steadfast, to remain faithful when we hurt. We can hardly blame Peter or the other disciples or maybe even ourselves in this time for wanting to avoid suffering. There is a reason that those who are sick and those who grieve are often left alone 
after the first rush of sympathy. There's a reason we now rush towards anger to mask the pain of this pandemic, a reason we turn against movements that force us to look at the ugly, harmful parts of our society, of ourselves. We are fickle, we are faint-hearted, no better than St. Peter, though we have something he did not. We have the whole story in front of us. We know that suffering isn't the end, that by sharing in our human suffering, Christ transformed it. Because of that, our suffering is never pointless or meaningless. Because our suffering, all suffering, has been caught up in, redeemed by, the suffering of Christ. We know that though we are fickle, our Lord never is. Therefore, we must not fear. And if we do, we must still move towards, be in solidarity with all those who suffer. As the Reverend William Barber tweeted yesterday in response to that poll I saw last week, he wrote to my white friends and neighbors, we can't abide fair weather fickle friends. Our lives matter more than this. And beloved, even in this moment, here is some good news. After teaching his followers that he must be persecuted, suffer and die, and after fickle Peter turned on him, rebuking this notion of suffering, Jesus invited us to a new way one that's not about ourselves, but about trusting God enough to give ourselves away. We are being invited by our Lord into this very moment, this awful suffering moment in our lives and in our country. Christ invites us to deny ourselves, take up our cross, follow him, lose our lives, for his sake. And Christ's sake is always with the suffering. His body is in a hospital bed, pierced by seven bullet holes. He is with Doc Rivers, voice trembling with tears, saying, it's amazing to me that we keep loving this country and this country doesn't love us back. Christ's body is the body of all who struggle now ill or alone or afraid, those petrified of becoming ill, those out of work trying to keep body and soul together. Because Jesus suffered, we can. Because Jesus asked us to take up our cross then shows us how we can. Because we know that if we wish to see Jesus, we will find him with the suffering, we must go there too. Following Jesus is not for the faint of heart. Paul reminds us that we are to bless those who persecute us. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in suffering. Persevere in prayer. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep. Weep with those who weep. The body of Christ is suffering. We are suffering. The black body of Christ is suffering. May we weep with those who weep. 
may we be steadfast to those who suffer and there find Christ himself. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.